Chapter Fifty One of Miss Marchbanks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Miss Marchbanks by Mrs. Oliphant. Chapter Fifty One. Mr. Ashburton went away from Lucilla's side, thinking to come back again and clear everything up, but he did not come back though he heard nothing and saw nothing that could throw any distinct light on the state of her mind yet instinct came to his aid it is to be supposed in the matter he did not return and lucilla sat on her sofa with her hands clasped together to support her and her heart leaping in her very mouth she was in a perfect frenzy of suspense listening with her whole heart and soul but that did not prevent the same crowd of thoughts which had been persecuting her for twenty-four hours from keeping up their wild career as before what reason had she to suppose that any one had arrived who could arrive in that accidental way without a word of warning and what possible excuse had she to offer to herself for sending the new member for carlingford a man so excellent and honourable and eligible away the minutes or rather the seconds passed over miss marchbanks like hours as she sat thus waiting not daring to stir lest the slightest motion might keep from her ears some sound from below till at last the interval seemed so long that her heart began to sink and her excitement to fail it could not be any one if it had been any one something more must have come of it before now it must have been lydia richmond coming to see her sister next door or somebody connected with the election or when she got as far as this lucilla's heart suddenly mounted up again with a spring into her ears she heard neither words nor voice but she heard something which had as great an effect upon her as either could have had on the landing halfway up the stairs there had stood in dr marchbanks's house from time immemorial a little old-fashioned table with a large china bowl upon it in which the cards of visitors were placed it was a great bowl and it was always full and anybody rushing upstairs in a reckless way might easily upset table and cards and all in their progress this was what happened while lucilla sat listening there was a rumble a crash and a sound as of falling leaves and it made her heart as we have said jump into her ears it is the table and all the cards said lucilla and in that moment her composure came back to her as by a miracle she unclasped her hands which she had been holding pressed painfully together by way of supporting herself and she gave a long sigh of unutterable relief and her whirl of thought stopped and cleared up with an instantaneous rapidity everything seemed to be explained by that sound and nothing could be more wonderful than the change which passed upon the looks and feelings of lucilla in the interval between the drawing up of that cab and the rush of tom marchbanks at the drawing-room door for after the commotion on the staircase lucilla had no further doubt on the subject she even had the strength to get up to meet him and hold out her hands to him by way of welcome but found herself before she knew how in the arms of a man with a beard who was so much changed in his own person that he ventured to kiss her which was a thing tom marchbanks though her cousin had never dared to do before he kissed her such was his audacity and then he held her at arm's length to have a good look at her and then according to all appearance would have repeated his first salutation but that lucilla had come to herself and took the guidance of affairs at once into her own hand tom she said of course it is you nobody else would have been so impertinent when did you come 
where did you come from who could ever have thought of your appearing like this in such an altogether unexpected unexpected said tom with an astonished air but i suppose you had other things to think of ah lucilla i could not write to you i felt i ought to be beside you trying if there was not something i could do my mother told you of course but i could not trust myself to write to you then lucilla saw it all and that aunt jemima had meant to do mr ashburton a good turn and she was not grateful to her aunt however kind her intentions might have been but tom was holding her hand and looking into her face while this thought passed through her mind and miss marchbanks was not the woman under any circumstances to make dispeace i am sure i am very glad said lucilla i would say you were changed but only of course that would make you think how i am changed and though one knows one has gone off i never saw you look so nice all your life cried tom energetically and he took hold of both her hands and looked into her face more and more to be sure he had a kind of right being a cousin and newly returned after so long an absence but it was embarrassing all the same oh tom don't say so cried lucilla if you but knew how different the house is and everything so altered and dear papa it was only natural and it was only proper that miss marchbank should cry which indeed she did with good will partly for grief and partly because of the flutter of agitation and something like joy in which she was and which considering that she had always frankly owned that she was fond of tom was quite natural too she cried with honest abandonment and did not take much notice what her cousin was doing to comfort her though indeed he applied himself to that benevolent office in the most anxious way don't cry lucilla he said i can't bear it it don't look natural to see you cry my poor uncle was an old man and you were always the best daughter in the world oh tom sometimes i don't think so sobbed lucilla sometimes i think if i had sat up that last night and you don't know how good he was it was me he was thinking of and never himself when he heard the money was lost all that he said was poor lucilla you rang his bell though it is a night bell and nobody ever touches it now i knew it could be nobody but you and to see you again brings up everything so distinctly oh tom he was always very fond of you lucilla said tom marshbanks you know i always had a great regard for my uncle but it was not for him i came back he was never half so fond of me as i am of you you know that as well as i do there never was a time that i would not have gone to the other end of the world if you had told me and i have done it as near as possible i went to india because you sent me away and i have come back you have not come back only for an hour i hope said miss marchbanks with momentary impatience you are not obliged to talk of everything all in a moment and when one has not even got over one's surprise at seeing you when did you come back when did you have anything to eat you want your breakfast or your lunch or something and tom the idea of sitting here talking to me and talking nonsense when you have not seen your own mother she is in her room you unnatural boy the blue room next to what used to be yours to think aunt jemima should be in the house and you should sit here talking nonsense to me this minute said tom apologetically but he drew his chair in front of miss marchbanks so that she could not get away i have come back to stay as long as you will let me he said don't go away yet look here lucilla if you had married i would have tried to bear it 
but as long as you are not married i can't help feeling as if there might be a chance for me yet and that is why i have come home i met somebody coming downstairs tom said miss marjoribanks it is dreadful to see that you have come back just as tiresome as ever i always said i would not marry for ten years if you mean to think i have never had any opportunities lucilla said tom and there was decision in his eye somebody came downstairs as i came in i want to know whether it is to be him or me him or you said lucilla in dismay blunderer as he was he had gone direct to the very heart of the question and it was impossible not to tremble a little in the presence of such straightforward clear-sightedness miss marchbanks had risen up to make her escape as soon as it should be possible but she was so much struck by tom's unlooked-for perspicuity that she sat down again in her consternation I-, I think you are going out of your mind she said what do you know about the gentleman who went downstairs i am not such a wonderful beauty nor such a witch that everybody who sees me should want to to marry me don't talk any more nonsense but let me go and get you something to eat they would if they were of my way of thinking said the persistent tom lucilla you shan't go this is what i have come home for you may as well know at once and then there can be no mistake about it my poor uncle is gone and you can't be left by yourself in the world will you have him or me i am not going to be tyrannized over like this said lucilla with indignation again rising though he still held her hands you talk as if you had just come for a call and had everything to say in a moment when a man comes off a long journey it is his breakfast he wants and not uh, not anything else that i know of go up to your mother and let me go will you have him or me repeated tom it was not wisdom it was instinct that made him thus hold fast by his text and as for lucilla nothing but the softened state in which she was nothing but the fact that it was tom marchbanks who had been ten years away and was always ridiculous could have kept her from putting down at once such an attempt to coerce her but the truth was that miss marchbanks did not feel her own mistress at that moment and perhaps that was why he had the audacity to repeat will you have him or me then lucilla found herself fairly driven to bay tom she said with a solemnity that overwhelmed him for the moment for he thought at first with natural panic that it was himself who was being rejected i would not have him if he were to go down on his knees i know he is very nice and very agreeable and the best man and i am sure i ought to do it said miss marchbanks with a mournful sense of her own weakness and everybody will expect it of me but i am not going to have him and i never meant it whatever you or anybody may say when lucilla had made this decisive utterance she turned away with a certain melancholy majesty to go and see after lunch for he had loosed her hand and fallen back in consternation thinking for the moment that it was all over miss marchbanks sighed and turned round not thinking of tom who was safe enough but with a natural regret for the member for carlingford who now poor man was as much out of the question as if he had been dead and buried but before she had reached the door tom had recovered himself he went up to her in his ridiculous way without the slightest regard either for the repast she was so anxious to prepare for him or for his mother's feelings or indeed for anything else in the world except the one thing which had brought him as he said home then lucilla after all it is to be me 
he said taking her to him and arresting her progress as if she had been a baby and though he had such a beard and was twice as big and strong as he used to be there were tears in the great fellow's eyes it is to be me after all said tom looking at her in a way that startled lucilla say it is to be me miss marchbanks had come through many a social crisis with dignity and composure she had never yet been known to fail in an emergency she had managed mr cavendish and up to the last moment mr ashburton and all the intervening candidates for her favour with perfect self-control and command of the situation perhaps it was because as she had said herself her feelings had never been engaged but now when it was only tom he whom once upon a time she had dismissed with affectionate composure and had given such excellent advice to and regarded in so motherly a way all lucilla's powers seemed to fail her it is hard to have to wind up with such a confession after having so long entertained a confidence in miss marchbanks which nothing seemed likely to impair she broke down just at the moment when she had most need to have all her wits about her perhaps it was her past agitation which had been too much for her perhaps it was the tears in tom marchbanks's eyes but the fact was that lucilla relinquished her superior position for the time being and suffered him to make any assertion he pleased and was so weak as to cry for the second time too which of all things in the world was surely the last thing to have been expected of miss marchbanks at the moment which decided her fate lucilla cried and acquiesced and thought of her father and of the member for carlingford and gave to each a tear and a regret and she did not even take the trouble to answer any question or to think who it was she was leaning on it was to be tom after all after all the archdeacons doctors generals members of parliament after the ten years and more in which she had not gone off after the poor old doctor's grudge against the nephew whom he did not wish to inherit his wealth and aunt jemima's quiet wiles and attempt to disappoint her boy fate and honest love had been waiting all the time till their moment came and now it was not even necessary to say anything about it the fact was so clear that it did not require stating it was to be tom after all to do him justice tom behaved at this moment in which affairs were left in his hands as if he had been training for it all his life perhaps it was the first time in which he had done anything absolutely without a blunder he had wasted no time and no words and left no room for consideration or for that natural relenting towards his rival which was inevitable as soon as mr ashburton was off the field he had insisted and he had perceived that there was but one alternative for lucilla now that all was over he took her back to her seat and comforted her and made no offensive demonstrations of triumph after all it is to be me he repeated and it was utterly impossible to add anything to the eloquent brevity of this succinct statement of the case tom said miss marchbanks when she had a little recovered if it is to be you that is no reason why you should be so unnatural go up directly and see your mother what will aunt jemima think of me if she knows i have let you stay talking nonsense here yes lucilla this moment said tom but all the same he showed not the slightest inclination to go away he did not quite believe in it as yet and could not help feeling as if should he venture to leave her for a moment the whole fabric of his incredible good fortune must dissolve and melt away as for lucilla her self-possession gradually came back to her when the crisis was over 
and she felt that her involuntary abdication had lasted long enough and that it was full time to resume the management of affairs you shall go now she said drying her eyes or else you cannot stay here i did think of letting you stay in the house as aunt jemima is with me but if you do not mean to go and see your mother i will tell nancy to send your things up to the blue boar ring the bell please if you will not ring the bell i can do it myself tom you may say what you like but i know you are famishing and aunt jemima is in the blue room next door to-oh here is nancy it is mr tom who has come home said lucilla hastily not without a rising colour for it was hard to explain why when his mother was in the blue room all this time he should have stayed here yes miss lucilla so i heard said nancy dropping a doubtful curtsey and then only tom was persuaded and bethought himself of his natural duty and rushed upstairs he seized nancy's hand and shook it violently as he passed her to her great consternation the moment of his supremacy was over it was to be tom after all but lucilla had recovered her self-possession and taken the helm in her hand again and tom was master of the situation no more yes it is mr tom said lucilla shaking her head with something between a smile and a sigh it could be nobody but him that would ring that bell and upset all the cards i hope he has not broken dear papa's punch-bowl that he used to be so fond of he must have something to eat nancy though he is such an awkward boy i don't see nothing like a boy in him said nancy he's big and stout and one of them awful beards there's been a deal of changes since he went away but if he's new comed off that terrible journey it is but natural as you say miss lucilla that he should want something to eat and then miss marchbanks made various suggestions which were received still doubtfully by her prime minister nancy to tell the truth did not like the turn things were taking lucilla's maiden household had been on the whole getting along very comfortably and there was no telling how long it might have lasted without any new revolution to be sure mr ashburton had looked dangerous but nancy had seen a great many dangers of that kind blow over and was not easily alarmed mr tom however was a very different person and nancy was sufficiently penetrating to see that something had happened therefore she received very coldly lucilla's suggestions about lunch it ain't like the old times she said at last when there was always something one could put to the fire in a hurry and nancy stood turning round the handle of the door in her hand and contemplating the changed state of affairs with a sigh that would all be very true if you were like anybody else said lucilla but i hope you would not like to send mr tom off to the blue boar after all perhaps it is better to have a-a gentleman in the house i know you always used to think so they are a great deal of trouble but for some things you know said lucilla and then mr tom is not just like other people and whatever happens nancy you are an old dear and it shall never make any difference between you and me when she had said these words lucilla gave her faithful servant a hug and sent her off to look after tom marchbanks's meal and then she herself went half-way downstairs and picked up the cards that were still scattered about the landing and found with satisfaction that the doctor's old punch-bowl was not broken all tom's things were lying below in the hall heaps of queer indian-looking baggage tossed down anyhow in a corner as if the owner had been in much too great a hurry to think of any secondary circumstances and it was there he met poor mr ashburton 
said lucilla to herself with a certain pathos there it was indeed that the encounter had taken place they had seen each other but for a moment but that moment had been enough to send the member for carlingford away dejected and to impress upon tom's mind the alternative that it was either to be him or me miss marchbanks contemplated the spot with a certain tender sentimental interest as any gentle moralist might look at a field of battle what feelings must have been in the minds of the two as they met and looked at each other what a dread sense of disappointment on one side what sharp stimulation on the other thus lucilla stood and looked down from her own landing upon the scene of that encounter full of pensive interest and now it was all over and mr ashburton had passed away as completely as mr chiltern who was in his grave poor man or mr cavendish who was going to marry barbara lake the thought of so sudden a revolution made lucilla giddy as she went thoughtfully upstairs poor mr ashburton it hardly seemed real even to miss marchbanks when she sat down again in the drawing-room and confessed to herself that after all it was to be tom but when he came downstairs again with his mother lucilla was quite herself and had got over all her weakness aunt jemima for her part was in a very agitated state of mind tom had come too soon or mr ashburton too late and all the fruits of her little bit of treachery were accordingly lost and at the same time the treachery itself remained revealed at least to one person in the very clearest light it did not seem possible to aunt jemima that lucilla would not tell if she had not done it now in the excitement of the moment at least it would come out some time when she was least expecting it and her son's esteem and confidence would be lost therefore it was with a very blank countenance that mrs john marchbanks came downstairs she dared not say a word and she had to kiss her niece and take her to her maternal bosom tom looking on all the while but she gave lucilla a look that was pitiful to see and when tom finally was dismissed to his room to open his trunks and show the things he had brought home aunt jemima drew near her future daughter with wistful guiltiness there was no comfort to her in the thought of the india shawl which her son had gone to find any day any hour lucilla might tell and if she were to put on her defence what could she say lucilla said the guilty woman under her breath i am sure you think it very strange i don't attempt to deceive you i can't tell you how thankful and glad i am that it has all ended so well but you know lucilla in the first place i did not know what your feelings were and i thought perhaps that if anything would tell it would be a surprise and then did you aunt jemima said miss marchbanks with gentle wonder i thought you had been thinking of mr ashburton for my part and so i was lucilla said the poor lady with great relief and eagerness i thought he was coming forward and of course he would have been a far better match than my tom i had to think for you both my dear and then i never knew what your feelings were nor if you would care and then it was not as if there had been a day fixed dear aunt jemima said miss marchbanks if you are pleased now what does it matter but i do hope you are pleased now and mrs john took her knees into her arms again this time with better will and cried i am as happy as ever i can be said the inconsistent mother i always knew you were fond of each other lucilla before you knew it yourselves i saw what would come of it but my poor brother-in-law and you will make my boy happy and never turn him against his mother 
cried the repentant sinner lucilla was not the woman to resist such an appeal mrs john had meant truly enough towards her in other ways if not in this way and miss marchbanks was fond of her aunt and it ended in a kiss of peace freely bestowed and a vow of protection and guidance from the strong to the weak though the last was only uttered in the protectress's liberal heart End of chapter 51 Recording by Maricel Quee